Hello, everyone. Is this thing on? Is this Hello? thing on? And welcome back to another episode of Is This Thing On? Is this episode two? This okay. is part two of an episode that we just did previously of uh, the the top 50 questions that you should answer on your new on your year podcast. of your podcast. So we left off on number 25, and now we're going to pick up on 26. As you might have heard in the intro there, uh, Mr. G is back for this second episode, because why not, since he why was not? on the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is the second episode of the new year, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. All right, do we want to just jump right on into it? Yeah. Okay. Those fireworks. Okay, number 26. What do you think the world will look like in five years? You can just go like this. You want to go first, Mr. G? Uh... <laughs> Is this an interview question? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see <laughs> In your seat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in your position. Uh... I see it as kind of a continuation of what it is now. I may be totally wrong. Nothing new under the sun. I don't. I don't see anything really earth shattering that uh, mm-hmm. would change much. No aliens coming to Earth. No. No uh, volcanic eruptions that black out the sun. No. No. Nothing like that. Maybe a world war. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's about it. World War two point five. Mm-hmm. They didn't do a full OS update for the next World War. They just kind of did some patches. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so what do I think the world would look like in five years? Um, hmm. I think the AIs will finally take over. Oh. Yeah. You think they will control the uh, earthquakes and fires in California? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I don't think they'll have that much influence, but they'll definitely take over uh, social media, and we'll only see what they want us to see. Who says they're not already taking over? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we have uh, AI VTubers, we have AI artists, we have AI music uh, pr- production studios. Well, when your smart refrigerator is smart enough to know that you're out of certain food products... Yeah, I mean, it's just a camera, but uh, it's got some learning technology on it kind of scary (laughs) (laughs) not to be a downer but no I don't actually think the AIs are going to take over but I think it is going to be creating a more complex situation around social media how it influences what we see and what we like how it influences political opinions uh, how it creates art and music and its effects on the school system Mm -hmm. because you can have text generated papers that look pretty close to being real. That the That's true. mega news outlets that we have today are going to be considerably diminished yeah. due to social, what you call them? <laughs> yeah. Will they be diminished or will they transform into just another form of news app? Yeah. Yeah. They probably will go that way. Yeah. Like the newspapers. Yeah. They're all online now. Yeah. Save save a tree and. Mm. Uh, but even even so, a lot of their subscriptions are waning. So. Yeah. So what do you think, Mrs. Hair and Mouth? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, in five years. In five um, years. Uh, I hope we have better leaders. Okay. Oh, oh, what is it gonna look like? No, what do you think it will look like? Not what you hope it'll look like. Uh, Realism. Um, realistically. Yeah. And if we can't think about this one, we're gonna have a lot harder time on the twenty seventh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the safe answer and say possibly another world war. <laughs> That's the safe answer in five years, another world war. Maybe at the rate that we're going. Okay, and in five years, if it's gonna be another world war, what do you think is gonna be like the precipitating factor, like the thing that sets it off? Money. Well, I'm not talking about like global influences. I mean, like a, a Franz Ferdinand situation, like. Who's going to get assassinated? Well, or... they're already saying that Putin is going to get assassinated before his birthday. Ah. The Russian government is planning on assassinating Putin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it came out on NBC or the, the web browser. What, what's it called? It's, it was like the top story on there. What? Oh, whoopsie. I'm I sorry. predict that within five years, Tesla owners and other all-electric cars... Uh-huh will be embarrassingly hidden in rural barns mm-hmm. for some antique looker to find 20 years down the road. And so you know they're going to become just, obsolete. Just like the Edsels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can, you can push electricity only so far. Yeah. Unless we go full-blown nuclear... Or gas-powered power plants. Or somehow revolutionize the way that we make batteries. And I mean, you know, a dozen of them mm-hmm. across the country immediately. Uh, electricity is going to be something we almost ration. Mm-hmm. So if that wasn't hard enough, <laughs> number 27, okay. what do you think the world will look like in 50 years? 50 years. I don't care. Yeah. I'll be dead. <laughs> uh, you don't know. Maybe your dad will outlive a lot of people. Other than Sadly, 50 sadly years. I've already outlived a lot of people. Yeah. yeah another, 50, another 50 years, I'll be 80. He'll nope. be dead. <laughs> I'll be. I don't really do it now. 70, 75. I'll a spot for you all at the big table. Yeah. So, in, in 50 years, just like, I guess we started over here, so we'll start back around. So, what do you think in 50 years? Am I still going to have this back pain? It's probably going to be a lot worse. Because you'll be 76 or 75, depending, no. on, depending on what what part of the year it is. Or perhaps they will invent back replacements by then. Yeah, just become a full cyborg. <laughs> back have artificial spine. Spine transplant. I hope we have grandkids. Robo, robo spine. Can I call you Granny Robo Spine? <laughs> uh, hold on a minute, children. Miss Robo reprogramming my spine. Miss Robo Spine has to put some oil on her on her mechanical <laughs> her mechanical spine. Oh, just a minute. Better now. <laughs> now I can pick you up. <laughs> like I said, I hope we have grandchildren by that time. Okay. Yeah. By the by, your eighties, I would hope that you would 
by my 80s, I hope that we would have grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do I think in 50 years? I think in 50 years we're going to actually have a legitimate trip to Mars. Okay. Not just like a, a pie-in-the-sky fanciful what-if we did it, but like an actual manned rocket going to Mars. And Elon Musk will adopt Lily X song Mars. It's okay. a theme song. Okay. That's a cool song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On way to Mars. <laughs> what do you think will happen in 50 years? Yeah, I can see... Um, Habitats on the moon and then jumping to Mars and possibly even to uh, Titan or one of the outer planets of moon Saturn or Jupiter that mm. might be more or less hospitable. Mm. Um, Technology-wise, if the Lord don't come and change it all in the blink of an eye... Mm. Um, it will continue to increase. I don't see that many changes. No. I look back to the 1950s, and we were just barely into televisions, and and kids were riding bicycles, and I think in 50 years, kids will still be riding bicycles, or maybe air cycles, or something yeah. like that. Hover cycles? Yeah. Um, Is it going to be the Marty McFly future? Doing doing pranks. Yeah. Prank call on the holophone. Uh, education might be totally online by then. Mm-hmm. Sit around in your pod, or, have or, information or, beamed or, into your mind. Or take your daily smart pill, you know, yeah. you can alternate, you know, you take a history pill one day yeah. and an English pill. Hey, and so we don't have to go Spanish to school. Pill and, yeah. Yeah. Get your nice. smarts that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number 28. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mm. We'll go back around. Mm-hmm. So. I would probably say a hamburger. Hamburger. It's got your protein, your wheat, your fiber, your lettuce, and, you know, your tomato and mm. pickles. Of course, I like them loaded to it's got everything in it, so mm. I could probably do that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Side order of fries, of course. Yeah. Um, a meal for me, if it was the concept of the meal and you could, like, rearrange it, whatever you want, I'd say pizza. Because you could just do whatever you want with it. You yeah. can have a, a healthy pizza or an unhealthy pizza. Dessert pizza. You know, if it had to be one specific pizza with a set of toppings only, yeah. I'd probably get sick of it after a while. I don't know. What do you think? The Sorry. one meal for the rest of your life. Um, I mean, I can literally survive off of beans and rice. <laughs> love beans and rice. But do you want to have that for or, every or meal? Or rice and beans. Yeah, you could switch it up. Or rice and beans. Yeah. Or rice Um I mean, do people really want to hear my flatulence that much? Depends on how much you love beans. The more, the more you eat, the more you fart. Yeah, beans are the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you do. <laughs> of course, there's a local church here that serves pasta for communion. Oh, they're, they're Roman Catholic. 
Ah, uh, ramen Catholic. <laughs> um, I, I guess my meal for the rest of my life. Probably a salad. Just variations on salad? Yeah, there's so yeah. much you can do with a salad. Customizable salad. Um, Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Also like soup. There's soup. so many possibilities for soup. Stew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What would, number 29, what would be the title of the book about you if your worst enemy wrote it? So, somebody writes a biography about you, but the person who writes it hates you. What is the title of that book? You should be dead. <laughs> Just you should be dead? It's not going to be like a witty, witty jab at you personally, or... Hey, you Pippi Longstockings. Hey, you Pippi Longstockings. Okay. Okay. Uh, if the book was about me from my worst enemy, um, it would be know. called Stop Being a Smartass, Smartass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oops. Come, come back to me. What, what would your, what would your book be? Well, I'm not sure if the one that I, I, I've got a title, but uh-huh. I'm not sure I want to publicly announce it. You have a title for the book that somebody would write you about know, you? That's that, that busybody that got us all fired. Oh. Oh. Many years ago. Oh. Hmm. Let's say it involved the Texas Rangers and the FBI. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <Nothing> about that. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you actually in witness protection? Uh, is your? Is, is, do I know your real name? <laughs> <laughs> is my last name fake? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. The book uh, written about me by my enemy would be uh, I've got a brain fart. I don't know. And that's what it would be called. I got yeah, a brain fart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got a brain fart. <laughs> uh, brain brain farting with the best of them. I don't know. I don't know. What's I think it would be called You've got puns. You've got puns. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I guess if somebody hated me, it probably would be for my comedy. <clears throat> What's your favorite color? And what does that say about you? <laughs> which way are we going? Uh, which way did we go from last time? Was it that way? Or that way? Yes, we went that way last time, so you're first. Okay. Turquoise. Turquoise? Yeah. And what does that say about you? Well, just coincidentally, it happens to be my birthstone, but I've I've always loved Southwest 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 Earn uh, Kanye's kids jewelry, silver, yeah. and yeah. you know from the Apache and the Navajo and the Hopi and the Pueblo that do some just beautiful work, mm-hmm. and always always liked it, and uh, of course they. Some some pieces are just pure silver, but a lot of pieces are uh, encrusted with 
turquoise stones, and, mm -hmm. and they're just pretty. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I don't know that it says anything about me other than you like turquoise. But I like it. Yeah. Well, my favorite color changes by the day. Mm -hmm. uh, it does not really sit at one thing, but I have narrowed it down to three, mm -hmm. and that is burnt orange, royal purple, and seafoam green. I know hers. What's mine? Sapphire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blue. Yeah. Well, I thought your favorite color was actually green. It's both blue and green. It's both blue and green. Can't settle on one. Mm-mm. No. Like British that. racing green would be a close second. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So we, we all have some green in us. I don't know what the green and the blue says about me. I just, I've never liked girly colors. Mm -hmm. It means you're a tomboy. And it means you like the colors of nature. I do like because the colors. Because blue and green are very common. It's the sky and the, and sky the earth. And grass. Earth and sky tones. Yeah. It's telling me to go touch grass. It's telling me to go touch grass. And the orange for me means I'm a open and very friendly person and I'm welcoming. And the purple is means that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm royalty. <laughs> And Shut the seafoam green means I always have a heart in the sea. Connected to your feminine side. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Number 31. <clears throat> What's one thing your business or successful venture did that you didn't expect? So I'm guessing, what's one thing about your job that you didn't expect about that job before you went into it? All the back pain I would have. Okay, back pain. The the poop. The poop. Yeah, the scratching, the biting, mm -hmm. the peeing. Mm, I mean... She works in an insane asylum, just so you know. No, I don't. <laughs> um, occasional pain. Yeah. No, um, yeah, just all that. I didn't expect to get mangled around like a banana, like a chimp getting mm. his banana. <laughs> But it happened exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Now I have real, real bad back pain. Mm. Uh, for me, what's something I didn't expect from the job? Uh, that I have to use a lot of math and Excel sheets. Because I thought going into my employment would be a lot more of doing the thing that I graduated for uh, and not doing the thing that I didn't graduate for, <laughs> uh, which would be a lot of accounting work and financial planning. You were good at accounting, but you didn't particularly like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't major in that because I didn't see myself as enjoying that field of work. Mm -hmm. But um, it requires a good amount of planning and stuff like that. I chose the employment that I did initially because I thought it'd be flexible and being able to get a bunch of different... And views on life and see different things and meet different people and things like that and I just liked it but yeah that's what I didn't expect from the job how about you since you've worked at so many different employment places I guess pick the yeah. pick the favorite one well being laid off after getting a lot of people in trouble was <laughs> kind of expected going, but... going back to that one yeah but I think the most unexpected thing was that the people 
powers that be hired out new temporary administration mm -hmm. and the head of my division just happened to me <laughs> my father's fourth ex-wife <laughs> oh. we, really, we couldn't really stand each other I mean it was a very polite hi how you doing in the uh. hallway but I could see the handwriting on the wall there. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's unexpected. It was unexpected. It's a small world. <laughs> then where did your dad live? Um, was he in the valley? I thought he was somewhere else. Well, by that time, I think he was out teaching in L.A. Ah. He was uh, majored in psychology and minored in anthropology. Mm -hmm. and he hobnobbed with world-renowned anthropologists and taught out there at uh, UCLA. Um, Dominguez Hills. Okay. His division of. Did you talk about his dad? Um, UCLA at Dominguez Hills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, he w uh, she happened to be one of his students and kind of got ah. under his skin in order to get her doctorate, ah. the way I see it. And uh, so. <laughs> yeah, a little awkward. <laughs> I saw it, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number 32. 32. 32. What is a common myth about your job or field of expertise? These are all work-related questions. It's the biggest. What's the biggest myth about retirement? Well, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll jump to my to one of my other uh, careers, and probably the myth that people who work in the oil field just get filthy rich. Hmm. They really don't. They make really good money because they're on the job site. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then they get off for several days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's how they rake in the money is just you're constantly on. You're constantly yeah. working. And uh, so, you know, I mean, it's it's good pay, but it's, it's not easily gained. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, common myth or misconception about the job that I work in? Math? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I was thinking more going for like the, the main thing that I do, interpreting. I guess a common misconception is that a lot of people think that they need to talk slower in order for the interpreting process to, to work better. But in reality, you're supposed to just act normally. Just pretend we're not there, essentially, um, for the interpreting process to happen smoothly. Don't take pauses every once in a while to go look at us and say, see if did you get caught, that? See if you've caught up. You, you're okay? I was like, yeah, we're fine. If we're professional, that means you don't notice what we're doing. It's, it's as smooth as can be. So I guess that's a common misconception. What about in your field? Um, I think the common misconception is that I, I just babysit kids. Yeah. All day, which part of it, that is part of the job description, making sure I 
classroom manage well. Mm. And in a sense, some people are going to say, oh, that's still lame, it's still lame. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, the, that it's not going to be an e- that it's going to, that's going to, it's going to be easy because I work with children. Um, but it's a, it's a very hard job. It's very physically and psychologically demanding. Mm-hmm. You kind of, if you're going through stuff on your own, you kind of have to just internalize it until you go to the bathroom and cry it out. <laughs> cry into your salad or something. Um, another misconception. Um, I've, I think this might actually dovetail well into the 33rd question, if you want to, because we're going to be starting with you. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your role business project right now, and how are you tackling it? So what's your biggest challenge in the role? It kind of probably works together well. Whether um, works together well with getting the challenge. Getting properly recognized, I would say. Okay. For the stuff that I have done well, instead of just scrutiny. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say to that, because if I say more, some little birdie that worked with me could listen in and be like, she well, this, this is a podcast meant to be consumed by other people, so it is, if you don't be willing to share things that you're not willing to have out there. <laughs> no, well, that's all I'm going to say is proper recognition. Yeah. I think I don't get mm-hmm. properly recognized for what I do. You feel undervalued. I do. Yeah. I really do. Okay. But it's happened a lot, and like all my jobs have happened. Um, the biggest challenge is consistently is inconsistent students and teachers. Um, students that change their classes last minute. Um, our system doesn't update us for a 24-hour period, so it has to be a full 24 hours before they, after they make changes, before it shows up on our end. And it doesn't give any kind of alert to me. I have to go in there and manually look at their files online to see what classes that they have, which ones they've requested accommodations for or not. So you have a student that switches classes completely different days, completely different times the day before. And it's like, uh, professors that cancel class without giving any notice and the, and the interpreters just show up and it's an empty classroom. That's... That's always going to be the biggest challenge is just getting enough information and good information to properly manage what needs to be scheduled. What's your biggest challenge? I guess looking back, what was your biggest challenge to overcome in your employment? Uh, Probably finding an oil rig out on a ranch somewhere in the vicinity of nothing north of here Uh and they don't give you real good directions except for go through this gate Mm. and once you go through that gate it's dark and there are no street lights on cow pass (laughs) and you may be able to see the top of the rig tower way off in the distance but you're not really sure how to get there and it's like going through a corn maze oftentimes it's just like whoop not that dead ended let me <laughs> backtrack and go <laughs> by that time the tool pusher is out there where you been I've been wanting that for the last two hours I said, mm-hmm. well, I've been out here in the ranch trying to find you <laughs> I should have left some breadcrumbs 
Okay. That was probably it. The demanding clients really didn't, after a while, I mean, they did it first, but after a while, they didn't really affect me that much. Mm. Hey, I'll get it there when I get it there. You know, I'm not going to break my neck. I'll get it there safely. I'll get it to you as soon as I can. Uh, shut your pie hole and <laughs> sign, <laughs> sign, the, sign the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is, number 34, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? I think the way people perceive you that may be totally different from the way you think you are being perceived. Okay. How so? Uh, oftentimes, I am uh, bubbly, chipper, peppy, accommodating, mm. but also sarcastic in a funny way. And if other people are not seeing that or in the mood to catch that, then he's oh, being a jerk, you know. Hmm. And so I had to tone it down in several of my careers a little uh -huh. bit. Just right. say, okay, and let, you know, that'll be it. <laughs> okay, so the most important lesson I've learned over my career, um, well, my very short career, I did a lot of freelance work, and I wouldn't really call that a, a career. Uh, I guess an important lesson from doing work as freelance interpreting, um, don't stay in that position because it's a dead-end career. <laughs> expecting, expected. Yeah, expecting, unexpected. Um, don't try to live your entire life off of that. It's not consistent enough. Okay. But from the new job that I have right now, I didn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> From the new job that I have right now, the most important thing that I've learned is know who to talk to, know who to communicate with, mm -hmm. because nothing is going to get done until you talk to the right person. Um, you can tell their secretary, you can tell their work study, you can tell their whoever else below them, and they're not going to hear any of it. It's going to go. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, make sure you talk to them directly to make sure things get done. How about you, babe? What, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Um, um, learn to speak up for yourself. Let's see. Um, learn to be a good listener. I think that applies to anything, but mm. like being a good listener. Uh, being able to take, within reason, good criticism. Yeah. Um, put, I mean, I always like to put others first before myself. So. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Somehow didn't go to commercial work. That's what I was pointing at. Oh, do we want to take a break? Mm, no, it's okay. We can keep going. Okay. Just, uh, okay. We're at, uh... 35? 35. That is correct. In your opinion, what is the most important personality trait or strength someone would need to work in your position and be successful mm. in your job? Mm. What is the most important? Mm. Get back to me when you figure out the meaning of life. Besides... 42. Uh-huh. 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 Um, yeah, get back to me when you 
have done my job for a little bit. Um, I would say, no, in all seriousness, probably a lot of patience. Mm. A lot of, um, you definitely have to know your body well and be able to tackle the stuff that's happening to you and know what you can handle because at times you're lifting kids and kids get heavy. Yeah. And, okay, what else was in the question? Uh, so if, let me rephrase it, if someone were to be in your oh, shoes personality for a day, trait. Okay, what's okay. the personality trait or strength that they would need to do your job? It would have to be just be very patient and be generally happy because I feel like that's kind of the attitude you have to have when you're working with children, like, no matter if they are autistic and on the spectrum or non-autistic, you have to always be kind of joyful around them. Uh, be willing to um, listen well um, what else I guess just have a good attitude and be also be, be know how to know how to relax and be calm yeah. uh, so the strength or personality trait that you would need in my field of work is definitely being friendly with other people, whether you like them or not, being able to establish a rapport with the, with the right people to make sure that they do what you want them to do without having to demand it of them, but making sure that they actually want to do their job. Mm -hmm. um, and then the strength that you would probably need is <sighs> being okay with being looked at in terms of the interpreting aspect of it, being being comfortable on stage, essentially, not having stage right, mm -hmm. the ability to put yourself out there and not be worried about looking silly. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I would say being innovative. Hmm. Um, I recall multiple times through various career paths that I have taken, hmm. Uh, that I was directed to do such and such a thing and the boss man or lady did not plan on a glitch in the works mm -hmm. that I had to rectify on my own uh, to keep things running smoothly. That was the printing thing, right? That was one of them, yeah. 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 Um, there was a, a federal job that I had for a couple of years where I was uh, in charge of a bank of computers and four huge HP printers. And we were told to um, build these books of maps and get, get them done by a certain time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we were printing like crazy and, you know, I would lay out the plan for the people that were going to be there at night. And they called me one time and said, the rollers are dying. I mean, it's not printing, it's not scooting the paper at all anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, these big printers have multiple um, trays for various sizes of paper. We were only using one size. Mm -hmm. So I took the rollers that were totally new and hadn't been used and replaced them with the rollers that had worn out 
we cranked it up and fired it off and off we went again and I left a message for the big IT guy that was a, a school book learned guy mm -hmm. and told him I said I know we're not supposed to touch anything without your permission and blah 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 couldn't get a hold of you but I'm letting you know we did this well the next day he was all irate about it and well you should have waited yeah we would have waited and we would have lost eight hours and uh, so we we were kind of in a tussle about that and then the big director called me and says I don't worry about it thank you you know you did good okay well at the end of that project I was the only guy in my field along with three other states that got a bonus mm. because of that. Mm. Because we were not only, we got our CDs to run these maps several days later than everybody else, yet we got everything done and ready a couple of days ahead of the date that we were expected to get them done. Cool. So, anyhow, okay. being innovative. Being innovative. Now, going along with that last one, um, let me reword the question to make it a little bit more interesting because it's kind of boring. Number 36 is not a great question, I don't think. What, would, what advice would you give yourself starting out in the job that you did if you could go back in time and give yourself some information on what to do? Like if there's some mistake that you could have avoided if you knew ahead of time that you would need to do this or if you could have done better. I think getting someone to clarify the last line in the job descriptions. <laughs> and do these as a sign? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the catch-all problem. And I said, hey, what does that mean? Just, well, we think of something, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And ended up where I'm wearing four different hats for one job. So, but... Uh, that's probably it. I don't think overall there was anything that that I could have prepared better for. Mm -hmm. um, the people I replaced or the people that uh, were showing me the ropes were good at it and got me started and off I went. So, yeah. uh, The advice I would give myself um, if I were starting this job in the past and giving myself future time traveler advice would be learn how a lot learn how to use a lot more computer programs than I know about already because I knew about PowerPoint and Word and things like that, but Excel I wasn't that skilled in. I I knew a little bit about it because I was told taught how to do it before I went and took the interview, um, but things like uh, Illustrator and uh, video capturing uh, video captioning programs and um, screen recording programs to make your own videos and just all kinds of other stuff because it involves multiple things like making presentations it's not just PowerPoint but yeah. like audio recording embedding things doing complicated stuff like that that would be the advice is to get more skill in some of those higher complex programs mm -hmm. <clears throat> and for you if you could go back in time and give yourself advice as to what you should do for your current employment. Not not just quit before you get in there. <laughs> Don't do this job. Uh, but if you were, if you knew that either way you were going to go and do this job, what information would you give your past self? Mm. Go into it with an open mind. 
Okay. Don't expect anything from anyone or anything. Um, let's see. Did I already say stand up for myself? Yeah, I did, yeah. but I'll say it again. Probably know when to stand up for yourself. Know how to complain. Mm. If there is a complaint. The, the proper way to complain. Yeah. yeah. Um, know that if you lesson plan, uh, your lesson plan that you worked on for three and a half hours, it's very detailed and is for two weeks ahead and may not pan out that way. So just, I guess, playing it by ear. Yeah. You know, sometimes. That's also being innovative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number 37. Who has been your most important professional mentor? So who has helped you in showing you the ropes? In this job? In any job. It doesn't um, have to be this one. I, I would say as of right now, I don't have anyone that mm-hmm. comes to mind at all. There's nobody that you look to see like, okay, they're doing it this way. I'm going to do it that way too. Maybe um, not literally taking you aside and saying, here, this is how you do this and this but somebody that you look at to kind of gauge and compare. For this job? Yeah, no. Nobody? Mm-mm. No one comes to mind. Uh, for me, it was my former boss, who is now I'm taking the position of after she retired from, not really retired, but left. Um, before I even applied to do the job, uh, she gave me a rundown of the stuff that she does in the office to kind of give me an idea of what I needed to do. So I've also met other interpreters that have been really good at what they do, and I've learned quite a bit from them just watching how they do their work. I can't think of anything career-wise for an individual because most of my learning or training came out of Doing it. Classes that I had to take, or a book I had to read, or, you know, it was all pretty cut and dry. I would go back and give props to a college professor, Harry Quinn, uh, who was my journalism professor, who kind of took me under his wing and told me how to get better shots with a camera. Mm -hmm. uh, How to do layout on a newspaper and yearbook and kind of showed me a lot of ropes that, you know, he he was the professional. That's why he was there. You know, he had done that as his career over many years and and was just a world of information mm-hmm. and uh, took time with multiple students, but I feel like he kind of picked me out or took me under his wing. He was, he was just a, just a good old guy and really appreciated him okay um this is kind of similar to a previous question so i'm going to reword it a little bit number 38 um what is one skill or talent well it's not really talent what is one skill or lesson that you've learned in the work that you've done that everybody should have like you learn how to do this thing and everyone should probably learn how to do this themselves it'll benefit them either way I would say leadership skills okay I was never a boss boss but I was in a supervisory position Mm. in several instances and you uh, 
get their trust more through honey than you do through beatings. Yeah, you can't <laughs> demand you can't demand respect from people. Yeah, and uh, if you show them how and um, work alongside them, yeah, they see that oh, the guy actually knows what he's doing, mm. and um, that's beneficial. I had one guy that you know I won't even go into that never figured that out but yeah. in 99% of the instances um, you don't have to be their friend but but you can be their mentor and their mother and their father and their sergeant and yeah. <laughs> you know all all those hats and um, work out pretty well um, the thing I would tell people is, one, avoid micromanaging. So kind of going along yeah. what you were what you were doing, uh, but not just that. But if a person is in a position, it's probably because they know what they're doing. Um, if they're if a person is in the position that they're doing, it's probably because they know what they're doing, and the best thing to do is let them do their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what about you? What is the thing that you've learned from your career that everyone should learn, whether they're in special ed or not? Um, I think I'll say it again, but really good classroom management. Okay. If you do not have the... Um, what would classroom management look like if the person was doing a completely different job? What, what skill from classroom management could apply to anybody? I think I'm going to kind of piggyback on what he said, because mm-hmm. I think it goes back to leadership. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to command a setting, a classroom, just in general. Okay, how are you going to structure the classroom? If someone does something wrong, how are you going to reprimand them? How are you going to um, make sure that that person knows that what they did was wrong, but how can you help them correct their behavior? And, I mean, it's the same idea with kids. You have to really take yourself out of the equation and say, okay, how can I be a good example to these kids? And what precipitating behaviors can I stop? Yeah. You know, it kind of... So, so proper I, proper intervention. Yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of it, that's where I think my psych degree really comes into play. Is like figuring out what triggers... Um, certain reactions certain behaviors certain having a good grasp on that and that comes from having a background in psychology that also comes from just being able to read people really well so i would say know how you're going to lead a space know um have a lot of pain i'll say it again have just a lot of patience be able to adapt quickly to the stuff that's happening and what was the last one that I said it was uh, what did I say what did I say I'm like being able to remember things (laughs) remember things is also a good one um no I uh, oh have knowing how to read uh nonverbal behavior Mm. yeah body language and stuff like that with whether it comes to your students or your boss your manager whomever's there i think 
being able to read people is Reading important. Reading people is very important. Important for every position. So. Because you're always, the thing that's always going to be pretty consistent across everybody's job is that they're going to have to deal with people at some point. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, if I could throw in one additional, if anybody out there in a uh, supervisory position or uh, looking to get into something like that, is the classic way of, I won't say reprimand, but mm. uh, discipline or uh, uh, review time, yeah. you know, for your employees. Um, if there's something that you're concerned about, always start off the conversation with, I really like the way you're handling this. Yeah. Blow them up a little bit first. Yeah. You know, and, you know, congratulate them on a few things that they're doing. That's right. However, yeah. <laughs> here's a few things I think we need to work on yeah. that might be a little weak. And let me know if I can help out in any way, if there's anything I can do to to uh, get you motivated in that direction or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But anyhow, um, uh, boost their ego just a little bit when you're sitting them down when they know that they're just going to get a chewing out or something. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's, uh, you know, of course, second and third and fourth time, it, it may be a little different. But <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> um, number 39 um, did you always want to be a blank profession here? Uh, teacher and educator. Um, do, do, do they want the, the long answer or the short answer? Probably um, the short answer. Okay. <laughs> no, not no. always. I kind of just fell into this profession because it seemed like a safe, route safe option to go into um i have job security because of it um i had already had previous experience working in a school setting i've been working with children a long time i have three brothers and sisters that i helped raise um i think it's always been it's 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 never been a far-fetched thing because I have family members that are educators and kind of runs the family. So if I do end up just being in this profession the rest of my life, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, could be a little bit better. I, I'm just going to say this, and I hope I don't get sued for saying this. Pay teachers better. They do a lot of work. They're therapists. They're mothers and fathers sometimes because uh, some kids don't have good parents um and then i don't know they do it all so i'm just wishing teachers would get caught not just for my sake but everyone out there that's been an educator longer than i have just pay your teachers better and maybe they would be more enthusiastic about what they're teaching maybe also give them the liberty to be more flexible with their curriculum sometimes we don't want to sit there and have our kids memorize some silly old strategies that they're going to literally forget by the time they take the test and then they take the test and it's like oh that's over with now i don't need that information exactly anymore. teach them actual skills that they're going to use give them time to be creative i don't think we have enough creativity you know nowadays i think it's everything's just kind of like copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste there's no uh originality to anything so 
Okay. Um, did I always want to be an interpreter? Not always. I had different ambitions before I went to college, after, after I went to college. Um, I was thinking about maybe police, and then maybe accounting, and then maybe using interpreting to work for the FBI, but nothing really panned out as in terms of opportunities showing up. Uh, so the job that I'm currently in, I do appreciate a lot for its stability and the amount of work it gives me. Um, did I always see myself doing this? No. But I'm glad that I'm here. Did you have anything to... My, an my answer? Yeah. Uh, well, since I got educated into mass communication and was an English major... I guess my first gig at uh, a local TV station was uh, a yes as far as this is kind of what I had planned. Mm -hmm. But what I was doing was kind of dead end. Yeah. And um, what they don't tell you when you're getting your education is that radio, TV, newspaper, print, uh, the pay is horrific. You yeah. almost have to uh, sell drugs on the side to make ends meet. <laughs> and some it, of them... it, it pays really poorly until you make it big and get like some big network job. Yeah. Well, um, it pays good after you've been in that same position for about 10 years. Yeah. And then it begins to people say, hey, you've been around here a while. Uh, you ever had a raise? No. <laughs> hmm. And that's why I lasted at those types of positions for only about two years before I moved on to something a little better. Um, so after that, uh, no, I didn't plan on being in the oil field. No, I didn't plan on being an IT supervisor. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you want to practice with saying we have about... We have about six minutes left in this uh, current recording. Mm. I think... There are a lot of questions here that have to do with work, and I think we pretty much answered everything <laughs> that needs to be known about our employment. We flogged that dead horse. Yeah. Um, so there is a final section called Great Closer Questions. Uh, How great are they? We'll see <laughs> right after this break. I'm going to take a break? You're going to take a break? Welcome back. We're back after that commercial nap. Commercial nap? Uh-huh. I, I took a commercial nap. I believe we decided to beat those questions like a dead horse uh -huh. about employment. People don't need to know our social security numbers either. <laughs> um, what question did we decide to... So we're going to pick back up on number 46 out of 50. So that's a pretty good amount of content left there. Mm -hmm. What are three books you'd recommend to the audience, and why? It's um, gonna, gonna sound bad. I don't read, but Bruh. Bruh. if I did have to recommend a book... I'm here to lead, not to read. Huh? <laughs> I'm here to lead, not to read. Exactly, precisely. Um, the Bible. Okay. Uh, that, is, that is a book of many books, so technically it could either not qualify, or it could qualify by itself. Qualifies by itself. Okay. So Maybe a dictionary. That's 66 books, technically. Expand your vocabulary. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, that's really sad, but I don't read. 
that often. I want to get into reading. But it's hard for me to sit still and read a whole entire book. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, it's going to be a little bit more than three books. Uh. So for me, I would say the Dune series. Um, if not just the first one, all of them. <laughs> There's like, oh, eight. Those are long books, though. They're pretty long, but they're really good. It is it is some of the best sci-fi that I've read ever. Uh, second would probably be Ender's Game, also sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, third would be uh, anything by George Orwell in terms of his more famous work, um, 1984 or Animal Farm. Animal Farm's an easy read. Um, mm-hmm. The Bible. <laughs> that, that's just like the the default insert this thing here mm-hmm. um, I never actually finished it but the beginning and middle of the book impacted me in terms of my thinking about it but Flowers for Algernon is also a really good book um, yeah so how about yourself uh, the bible again okay and springing off of that a not the president, but could be a relative. A book by a James Buchanan called *The Doctrine of Justification*. Okay. Uh, written in about 1860-ish, with the 1860-ish type English language. Uh, not hard to read, but if you're at all confused by any of Paul's teachings. He clarifies it, and he leaves no stone unturned. Um, He takes justification back to the very beginning of Genesis, all the way through the Bible, and uh, just very, very, very clear, concise, excellent read. Um, Next was a guy by the name of Gwen from Austin, who wrote Empire of the Summer Moon. It's a story of the Comanches in Texas and Oklahoma, and specifically Quanta Parker, of whom I have an, or had, uh, well, actually my wife had an uncle who was related to Quanta Parker. Uh, but that was, that was just an, if you like history, and he throws some dramatics in it, and it takes the Texas Rangers and the uh, military and everybody's perspective about what was going on and why and so forth. Just a fascinating read. Uh, for my third one, probably <clears throat> my favorite sci-fi author, um, uh, Heinlein, Robert Heinlein, uh, would be called No Time for Love. And it is good sci-fi and hilariously funny. It's an old guy that keeps reinventing himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and through all of his trials and tribulations, and, and the dialogue is just superb. That, that would be my three favorite. Okay. And in that similar vein, what are three movies that you would recommend to someone? Ooh. 
I would say one of my all-time favorites because it had every Hollywood star that was breathing at the time in that movie is called The Longest Day. It's a story that lead up and the first day of uh, uh, the invasion of uh, Normandy during World War II. Mm -hmm. It was an old black and white film, but like I say, every Hollywood star that was there was in this movie, had some kind of a cameo, but it was very, very, very authentically written uh, historically. Uh, second is probably a very unsung movie recently called John Carter of Mars. And uh, it was from the Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, collection of Martian series. He also wrote the Tarzan series. But it was taken from the first two of his uh, Martian series. And it was just well done. It had romance, it had action, it had fighting, it had drama and suspense, it had weird sci-fi creatures. I love the movie, and I've seen the thing probably five or six times now, and nobody saw it, and it bombed at the box office. It wasn't well uh, advertised, I don't think. And the producers had in line of making more in that series, and they just shelved it. Mm -hmm. um, number three probably is Count Three and Pray. Um, Fitting for me, number three. Yeah, uh, and that's a um, uh, the first acting appearance of Joanne Woodward as a rapscallion. A uh, young girl who takes up residence in this old preacher's house, and this is just right after the Civil War, and this guy that was kind of a uh, character of the town goes back home, decides he wants to become a preacher. He has a Bible and not much else, and this girl is living in this house. And so they, all right, you know, and so there's a lot of funny things that go on and they divide the house in half to where, okay, that's your half, this is my half, just, you know, they don't get along at all. Uh, Raymond Burr is a uh, uh, southerner who lives in town and, uh, of course, the uh, main character fought for the Union and so he was not, he was despised and mm -hmm. nobody trusted him and everything, but he along various lines, gets this little church building built and all the trials and tribulations of, of doing that. And, and uh, you gotta see the movie. It has some twists and turns, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie. And a lot of uh, good theological points made in it because the girl almost acts like this guy's Holy Spirit mm -hmm. <laughs> because she pops off stuff that sounds like sarcasm but it's actually hitting him between the eyes like why are you stopping mm. you know if god wants you to do this why aren't you doing it mm. and her most famous line in the thing was uh she was talking about a friend of hers that was so smart that she could skin a skin a squirrel with her teeth <laughs> but, but that's the way that's the way she talked
But uh, anyhow, it was it was a fun movie. Okay. Uh, my top three movies would be uh, if you want horror and sci-fi, Alien is what you need. Uh, Alien or Aliens, I'd both recommend those. Um, if you like comedy, I'd recommend Airplane or anything. Um, what's the guy's actor? Uh, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Anything that Leslie Nielsen is in that he is a comedy actor rather than a serious actor Naked is, Gun, Naked Gun is two just and a half. great. Uh, also for comedy, anything by... Um, oh, What was his name? The guy that directed Blazing Saddles. Oh, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah Mel Brooks movies are, yeah, are excellent for comedy. Uh, then the third... Maybe for action and just grandiose narrative is the Lord of the Rings series. I know that's not one movie, but um, yeah. yeah, that's just a great experience in terms of how much work and being faithful to the books while also taking it apart and putting it together in so that it can actually fit as a movie. And beautiful scenery in New Zealand. Yeah. Top three movies. Top three movies. Uh, I don't have any. Well, what would you recommend to someone else um, if they I were like... interested in any movie whatsoever and you could just give them a movie and say, watch this? Anything with John Hughes, I think, is really good. Breakfast at 10 Pace? Is that is that a... That's from the 50s. That's from the 50s? Oh, I got... 60s. You're talking about somebody else, so. John Hughes was the one that directed Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science... Um, just a bunch of The Breakfast Club nah. any movie don't with the don't you forget about me with the Rat Pack um, in the, from the 80s I would say it's a pretty safe bet <sighs> pretty good movies okay mm-hmm. so that covers all your top three yeah I would say yeah okay oh um didn't know if you all knew this but when they uh, filmed Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. all the scenes of indoor were shot outdoors. You don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, an interesting fact about Star Wars is that it used to be a rated R film until they censored all of R2-D2's cursing. <laughs> Okay, so what are, it's still using three, what are three podcasts that you would recommend to someone? Mm. Not counting this one because this is obviously the best podcast ever. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think we go back around this way. Top three podcasts. Well, one that I have picked up just in the last couple of weeks, a friend from uh, MeWe. Mm. Her name is Ariel. But her pen name and her YouTube thing is called Findeth. Findeth? F-Y-N-Y-T-H. Findeth. Which is Welch for my nest. Okay. And she lives in a tiny home at 6,000 feet elevation in the Wyoming mountains. And the snowpack around her little house is higher than the rooftop of her mm. house, but she's just fine. 
and she got solar panels and she's got wood burning stove and she has a couple of cats and a dog and uh, I guess about six months ago now has a husband mm -hmm. and she started out squatting on some other people's land and the lease was about up she didn't have the money to really continue on with that and so she just had this little custom house built and bought a little piece of land out there in the mountains and and she loves it she does gardening and stuff like that during the two-week summer that they have yeah. and uh, anyhow recently married her husband is a contractor carpenter kind of a guy so he's already built a barn and a workshop and several other things out on the on the place so you know, they're uh, just fascinating how people live when you just got zero degrees and this white stuff just everywhere yeah. just okay and a bunch of ducks that are out there just paddling around in the snow which is kind of weird you know <laughs> you know showing showing she's a, a pretty good photographer and you know showing the wind blowing blizzard conditions the ducks are out there just I didn't know that they would like that. But she has Icelandic chickens that are very cold adapted. Yeah. And they have their own little cage and everything, but they're, they seem to do well in the icy conditions. Okay. Anyhow. Oh, that's just one, right? Yeah, that's just one. It's oh, a, it's okay. a game three. Uh, the other two is the, is the Pogcast, formerly yeah. known as Pogcast. And they are on some kind of a hiatus because they are doing some kind of rebranding and going to uh, do something a little different. Uh, that's that's two guys that are just hilarious. And, um, of course, the feisty females. And I know all these people. And, mm -hmm. and uh, they do very similar to what we've been doing the last couple of times is question and answer kind of things. Yeah. And it, it's getting to know them just by their questions and answers. And I know not know never to serve them radishes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for me, um, I don't typically listen to podcasts at all, even the ones that my friends make, because I, I know them and I can just talk to them whenever I want to. I don't need to listen to their podcasts. Um, but I would also have to recommend, just out of obligation, the podcast. Uh, look out for their rebranding. I think it's going to be called Stupid Burger or something similar. And we all uh, have details to follow. Yeah, we'll have we'll have details in some later episode. Uh, and then the feisty females. Obviously, this one. If you're listening to this one, you already think that this one's the top three. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. that's a good thing. Number one. Ah, uh, I don't know Joe Rogan. Whatever. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know of any other podcasts. Tim mm. Tim Pool is pretty good. Yeah. Jordan Peterson has a podcast. Yeah. So what would be your top three? Uh, um, there's one that I listen to sometimes on occasion. It's called Anything Goes with Emma Chamberlain. She's a YouTuber slash coffee connoisseur who has her own coffee company slash uh, I guess she's really into fashion as well. So she's good at that. She kind of does it all. So I would say Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain. And then the other two. Hmm. I think sometimes I'll listen to Jordan Peter Peterson. It, it depends on the topic. Um, 
So I would I would put him on the top if you if you want self help tips, psychology tips. Just the way the mind works. Jordan Peterson. Mm, the third one Any of my friends' podcasts, I guess. Yeah. If I see females. This podcast. <laughs> Dare I say it? I'll put it I've on. got another favorite. Mm. Emmy made. Uh-huh. The Japanese uh, lady from I'm not sure where she lives, but Japan. She's uh, <laughs> no, but she um, has little weekly things where she's cooking up something that nobody ever heard of, and uh, I think I got that idea from that uh, particular bread that I've been making in uh, that Tangzong bread. But uh, she also uh, people send her. MREs from different countries and so she follows the directions and tries them all out and and just just fun to watch that's it okay next one is number 49 what's one question you wish you had been asked and now have an answer to (laughs) (laughs) so if well, any of these... that, doesn't, that doesn't apply to me because I will go ahead and give you an answer whether I've been asked the question or okay. not. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm that no, way. Nobody asked, <laughs> but here's the answer. Uh, what question I wish had been asked so far is how are you? How are you? I'm doing all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? What's the one question that you wish had been asked over this list of questions? Um, uh, too many questions. Too many questions. You would have liked it uh, to be summarized a little bit more. Yeah. Make it one super question. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then the final one, that's a pretty obvious one. Where can your listeners find you online? Uh, so this one's easy. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are streamed. Go check it out. I sometimes put it up on YouTube. Um, go check out the Feisty Females. Go check out, hopefully soon, Stupid Burger. If not, I'll still link the podcast below and the Feisty Females. Uh, and hope you're having a wonderful, beautiful morning, day, or night, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. I am falling asleep <laughs> and went into podcast promoter mode so I'm kind of on autopilot right now but yes um, you can virtually find this podcast anywhere for me where can you find me online uh, email and that's about it because I'm not online <laughs> <laughs> well I'm on MeWe because I got kicked off of Facebook Yeah. but uh, I've got various emails as well but I reserve those for people I know. Yeah. And, uh, that's about it. That's about it. You can find the podcast. The podcast has an Instagram that I post on sometimes. I have a Twitter. Go follow that if you want. I'll link it below. I'll link the, the podcast Instagram below. Um, that's it. I'm, I have I have a social media presence. So I have a YouTube channel. Go check that out if you want. I have a failed makeup tutorial that almost has close to 10,000 views. Wow. Go check it out if you want. If you, if you want to fail at makeup. Mm-hmm. And that's all 50 with an asterisk there. Not all 50. 
uh, because we skipped over some of those because they were redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've said more than people actually want to know. Exactly. Yeah, but that's kind of the point of the first two episodes <laughs> is to get to know the, the podcast hosts and co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably next week is going to be the same off-the-wall content that you're expecting from us uh, every maybe, week. Maybe. Off-the-wall, ridiculous, crazy. Or we can demonstrate, demonstrate how to change and, and clean your carburetor. Or we could do that. On uh, next week's episode. You'll never know what to expect. Uh-huh. You'll never see it coming. Okay. Thank you, and good night. And, and good goodbye. night. Goodbye.